Hello and welcome to another exciting, very cooler episode of Hot Takes, a spoiler cast. It's a podcast where we break down movies, TV shows, and try to uh, understand what really was going on behind the scenes. I'm your host, Ernesto, and I'm here with my co-host, as always, Joel. Hello, everybody. And uh, to get tonight's show, it's going to be about... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking midday. <laughs> Mid- right, midday show. I don't know why... Uh, like those old time like uh, talk shows came to my head when oh, I said like the old timey radio plays. Right, like, like <laughs> exactly. So next week on. Guessing <laughs> on hot tech. So today we're gonna be tune in next time for <laughs> exciting conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so today's uh, today's show we're gonna be talking about Top Gun Maverick. Maverick. Uh, directed by uh, Joseph Kosinski, starring, to name a few, Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer, and Miles Teller. John Hamm. And John Hamm, which excited me. Fucking meaty as ever. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's by uh, Paramount Pictures, uh, rated PG-13. Yeah. So, uh, Joel, what are your general expectations when coming into this movie? Well, like, for those of us who have paid attention about the go- in the, like what happens in and out of Hollywood... Um, this film was done like prior to the pandemic right and um and then like the pandemic hit and everybody involved was like hey we need this is really like a theatrical experience rather than something for you to watch at home and that's something we could touch on as we as the conversation progresses but they they essentially shelved it for three years and and which never like Anything that gets shelved is basically like this is dead in the water. Why are we even gonna bother? Right. But <laughs> Black Widow, <laughs> Black Widow, yeah. Mm-hmm. But apparently, um, Tom Cruise went in in his almighty wisdom and reworked <laughs> some stuff and redid. Like I remember hearing and uh, reading an article about the original uh, band who scored it. I think mm-hmm. it was Twenty One Pilots or something like that. Was and it? he came in and he's like, "Nah, I, oh I, right." I, Right, I right. want everything to redo this. Yeah. And so they brought in um, more people to, to to come in and redo the score. Those uh, stories about the insane intense intense training that not not only John, uh, Tom Cruise did, but like he kind of forced his other co-workers, co-stars <laughs> to do that as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I read that. Not only did Tom Cruise, you know, him the crazy guy, um, always in the stunts. Yeah. Right? He, he always everything's for the shot. Like, I have no idea how he's still alive. Yeah, but it's, er, it's a miracle. It, like, it, we've seen them. He broke, he's broken his ankle a few right. times. He's broken bones and stuff like that. And had some pretty bad accidents. But he's in it. Yeah. Like, he's he's there. Yeah, and then he all that maniac energy he was able to instill to his other co-stars. Yeah, or force upon. And force upon. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> so, uh, coming from... It, it's... It's a sequel from the first one that came out in the 80s, yeah. uh, Top Gun. And it follows his character, Tom Cruise's character, uh, Pete Mitchell, as he's like recovering a couple of years from the first movie. But uh, what surprised me the most coming in was how uh, narratively different it felt. I don't know if, how long has it been since you... Uh, did you watch the first one? I mean, that's the conversation we were having before we started because like, I'm sure at some point in my life I, I saw this movie just because... like. Back in the day, in the mid to late 90s, my dad would rent a shit ton of movies. And this kind of seems like on the surface of mm. something that he liked because, you know, he grew up, well, he didn't grow up, but he was in that era of like Predator and Rambo and fucking like these real action y, you know, military centric <laughs> films. Yeah. And you see a Top Gun one, it's like, all right, let's watch this, not knowing that it's 
not <laughs> not anything like those. Yeah, it, it's I, I, that, that's a compliment, by yeah. the way. It, it's if you guys watch the first, if y'all watch the first Top Gun, it is hardcore '80s, you know, cliche, cliche after cliche, cliche yeah. after cliche, uh, tropes after tropes. Um, propaganda after propaganda. Uh-huh. It was a big uh, contesting point that Top Gun was used as literal military propaganda <laughs> for the Navy because of what you're saying, Joel. Of during the time, it might have been the, yeah, the result I, of. Oh, I remember seeing like documentaries about um, like uh, the Gulf War mm. in the early '90s, and that was they painted as the the success in, during um, the Gulf War that the U.S. military had. They kind of painted in a sense that it kind of cleaned up their reputation a little bit, just yeah. because like in the prior uh, decades they didn't have the, you know, most honorable or, or the best success rate you could, you could call for. <laughs> right. So I'm assuming, and then obviously being um, fucking, uh, the Reagan eight, the Reagan 80s with um, the Cold War at another height, you know, just before the fall of the the Berlin Wall and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I it it makes a- absolute sense that the <laughs> the military was going to use Top Gun as a recruiting device. Yeah. <laughs> I remember there being a scene in the first one where I, I think they're in the showers and it's literally Ooh, there's a showers. Woo, 80 showers. Yeah. <laughs> and they're in the, in the restroom, in the shower, in like the, I don't know, waiting area for the showers. <laughs> and there's literally a, a wall of like just propaganda as in join the navy marines uh, like join the military just basically and the the characters sit in front of it and just stare at it <laughs> so so going into top gun maverick it, it it just it's completely different yeah like without obviously like we know i know the cliches and stuff like that but you could be my wingman anytime all this <laughs> stuff. i know about it stuff just because it's in the lexicon you know it's in the pop culture so you absorb it that way but you could clearly tell that this is more focused on a single narrative rather than being a cliche movie about the 80s in the military. Yeah. <laughs> granted, the first the first couple of minutes of the movie is straight from Top Gun. Like the yeah. music, you know, Danger Zone's playing. Yeah. And uh, even the font. What, yeah, didn't, the... didn't they, Kenny Loggins say that he wanted to re-record that for the new version but oh. they were like no I, we want the we, 80s we want the scratch 80s yeah. <laughs> and that it sounds cleaner i don't know does it sound cleaner to you i mean they could have you know, remastered and stuff like that yeah, yeah but but it, it's, it, it does the, sound like it sounds like the like the classic uh danger zone danger yeah zone? yeah <laughs> it goes it goes straight into it and the first impression i got from it was just also the balance of humor yeah a lot of the humor and now we're kind of used to you know set up and joke but towards uh, the beginning of the film it feels like it's just a result of the situation yeah they they definitely let the um, camera linger a little bit for that awkwardness to build it's not cringe it doesn't get to that point no no no, there's like a certain amount of, of awkwardness that you let a shot linger for a little bit too long just to like build it up a little bit yeah when he takes the um when ed harris's character shows up to shut him down and he takes the 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 super jet that they have working on to break a Mach 10, which is insane. Yeah. Like for for those of you who don't know, Mach one is the um, basically the speed of sound. Right. So you you multiply as it as it gets. So Mach 10. Imagine Just whatever the speed of sound is times 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's gone to the point. It's kind of science fictiony, but it feels grounded enough within the story. Well, I mean, there are uh, one of the big uh, concerns that 
especially coming out of the, the situation in Ukraine, is that uh, Russia and China have, you know, there's there's obviously, I mean, I obviously can't confirm it because I haven't seen it 100%, but, <laughs> you know, there's smarter people, smarter people than me uh, working on that shit now, but they have uh, supersonic Morris, missiles, right. weapons, right, that right, can right. change trajectory mid-flight, which is a complete game changer. Well, it is that, and oh, this is like a crazy segue, yeah. <laughs> that, and uh, it can be shut down. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what the the trajectory well, it's so fast that makes it, it so yeah, yeah so they like, can't shut shoot it down right because the tracking at least for like the the phalanx or whatever the AWACS the anti air it, it shoots where it's going but if it's so fast yeah that you can't even see it yeah and you just imagine how computers are trying to like shoot it or trying to do all their stuff yeah and yeah. like the theory that um, well the not the theory but the belief that. You know, a human body experiencing 10G is basically like, well, turn them to goo just because the, the force is so much. Like, yeah. they, didn't they say, like, you're you're, you're going to weigh, like, 600 pounds when you're coming yeah. up that... Right. Yeah, and that was, like, 10Gs or something. Yeah, it was, like, there. 8 or 9, yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, so I can just imagine, is, is 100Gs a... I don't know, the math. I, yeah. I won't even begin to try to calculate that. <laughs> it's insane. But uh, how about... How about Tom Cruise's acting coming into this? Because in, when it first came to Top Gun, he was fairly new, I feel. But from in the 80s? The, yeah, in the 80s. Yeah, I like guess a he... Fairly, like yeah. a fairly rising actor, say that. Yeah, definitely in the same vein as like... I mean, he had done Risky Business already. Mm-hmm. So that was 83. I'm looking at his catalog right now. Mm-hmm. So I guess like you could call it his early phase of trying to find what type of filmmaker he wanted to be. Right. So yeah. at this one, he's he's like a vet right now, right? Mm-hmm. He's had he's had so much work done that it it, it shows in his. I don't know why I'm saying he's a Top Gun movie, but it feels like it's much more uh, intimate than the first one. Yeah, like you could clearly understand and tell that his character coming off like like you said, the veteran who understands. Like when the, that scene that I had to rewind uh, just a little bit was when. Um, John Hamm plays like a general, right, or something. Mm-hmm. He's calling the shots, and he brings in um, Tom Cruise to teach, to basically reteach uh, a generation of, of uh, pilots who haven't had, who have had to rely on technology a lot, right. which, too which much, is, right? Which is yeah. fair. I mean, when, like he goes through a whole. It, it, I mean, it resonated with me, yeah, because it, it, I think it affects any industry. Yeah, you know, you're so if with editing. In case you guys don't know, people have to physically edit the files. Yeah, right. You have to physically cut them, cut the, them back together. The negatives, right? And, yeah, right. Exactly. So Tom Cruise's character says that these these new recruits, which is who he's going to be teaching, what Joel said are so used to high altitude bombing yeah right and it's just like press a button all right yeah, you're, home. You're, you're relatively safe right you know you're 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 far enough away from uh you know uh, anti-aircraft uh ways to to shoot you down or something where you could you know press the missile and boom it explodes laser guided and everything you know right. so he wants to basically teach them how to survive in a situation that there are completely unknown for or untrained for right yeah. and then that scene where they're falling behind schedule and training and he's you know John Han is giving him shit and he's laying down the objectives right and then Tom Cruise ends like he's like you have to teach him how to execute the mission and all that right. shit right and then Tom Cruise just, just lays a and come home and then, yeah. and then he's like, "Wait, what?" Then, Even he's confused, right? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Like, I have uh, to teach him how to come home as well. So that clear, that just it's like um, 
all the subtext, all the little things that he does as as uh, the veteran shows how much he's learned over the years of being yeah. the best. Yeah, essentially. And, and that's I think why this film is fairly up there when it comes to legacy characters. Yeah, we have Rocky and we have Creed. Yeah, uh, from this day it was until Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> uh, was uh, I, I swore that Creed Two was the best uh, passing of the torch. Yeah, maybe to some degree it is. Come to think of it, because it has the character. Yeah, training the next generation. And stuff like that, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And but. When it comes to this, it's along the same lines, uh-huh. right? But like you said, there is everything in the narrative is somewhat pretext. Yeah, right. It's not explicitly said. No. There's not even a big bad guy. No. If you're looking for a big like us versus them kind of narrative, uh, the movie is totally not that. It's more of those yeah. interpersonal. I didn't even know who the fuck they were trying to fight. Were they the Russians? Right. Or? No, like that, that's the beauty <laughs> of it. So uh, during during a, a, the be after you know the the he's sent off to Top Gun after screwing up the test. Yeah. Uh, he's given the objective to you know this rogue state of a plutonium. Yeah. But there's so many elements there that it, it's not like in the '80s where they have the Russians who are after the yeah, Russians. Yeah. There's it, no clear enemy in the right. '80s. It was obvious and clear that it was um it was the Russians. Right. Or the Soviets. Or the Soviets or some Iranians. The Ruskies. Anything that's... The Dirty Reds. Right, exactly. (laughs) Anything that's in the news, essentially. Yeah. So in this one... Fear mongering. Fear (laughs) Exactly. So I'm I'm incredibly impressed that they avoided that. Yeah. Right. They avoided that it's not just this, you know, this... uh, country asian country that's basically north korea but they don't name it north korea right? yeah or russia or some sort of middle eastern state or another rogue country yeah it's just this rogue element yeah that we, got something they're not supposed to be. yeah we do remember i don't know if you remember the like the first bit of controversy that that happened this is even like before the pandemic so i'm mm-hmm. talking maybe like 2000 like early 2019 or maybe late 2018 mm-hmm. was that uh, they replaced the Taiwan insignia on his jacket right and that was in a, in a way to like um, appease China right because obviously a shit ton of money comes out of China uh, but then the pandemic happened and they started reworking it and they were like you know we're gonna fucking keep the Taiwan, <laughs> the Taiwan flag on her yeah. <laughs> yes yes, yes absolutely freaking lootly exactly uh, they, like just screw those guys fuck them man right like we don't have to like granted they are in a business sense of you sure right yeah. but we don't have to censor ourselves just to pander at a some for you know selling ourselves for money exactly right so yeah I, I did hear that that made me furious because they they took off the the flag and then they're making a bunch of concessions and all that stuff. I'm like, uh, Top Gun, and even the first one, it wasn't really that good. But we made that for yeah. us. Yeah. Right. So to make Top Gun Maverick to bend to other you know views yeah. and stuff like that. And then the symbolism of it of all being like a a you know, it, it, one of the main features of the film or characters you could even say is that they're all Navy pilots. Right. They're the fucking Americans, goddamn right, it! Right. <laughs> back, back to the first beginning of the film, I love that they showed the jacket and they yeah. showed like, you know, the flag. Yeah. The I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> America. Yeah. So uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was something where like you could you could make up your own you know assumptions and stuff like that. Like Ernesto said, it was. I don't want to say refreshing, but it was a little confusing for me because I was like, again, I was stoned out of my fucking mind. Just <laughs> as you're always. Say as, well, not always. I, I, I just took a break. I'm coming out of that. So oh, I see. I see. It's time to celebrate. Um, but uh, yeah, it was um, it was 
kind of like refreshing or just f- focusing to, to have them focus solely on the mission at hand and not the enemy. Right. You know, even though they fucking say, oh, the enemy this and the enemy that, they never specifically outed anybody. Exactly. And yeah. if you know military tech, you, you know who they are. Yeah. But we'll get down. We'll get we'll down. Do one of three. Come yeah. On. <laughs> we'll, we'll get one of that. But uh, how, how about uh, considering that it's a, a legacy franchise, I suppose, or yeah. at least title, it's uh, it does call back uh, somewhat to the to the top to the first Top Gun. Do you feel like that was something that was detracting to the narrative, or because like Jennifer Colony's character, yeah, right, she's only oh, she's gorgeous. Oh, she's oh my gosh, like, like yeah, there's Ooh. there's several there's several um, like actresses and actors out there who age gracefully, mm. and she's one of them. Oh yeah, like there's too many you hear too many times in the in, like the go- local gossip news and stuff like that where actor this destroyed their face with plastic surgery or whatever and but there's some of them who embrace it you know jennifer Connolly. i'm sure she has like some yeah work done yeah. but like hey like yeah. whatever right not to go fucking um who's that comedian uh rivers joan rivers mm. not to go all joan rivers on on themselves you know right right Just don't go look like a uh, a walking plastic hub yeah like one of my favorite jokes ever um was on uh, one of the comedy central roast and greg geraldo r.i.p one of the, one of the great greater comedians of of that era he said that joan rivers looked like she had a clown mask walled onto her face that's a great point because Jennifer Colony looks fantastic. Yeah, looks natural as gorgeous. Well. Yeah. She's gorgeous, and her acting is uh, uh, she's she's one of the good parts. <laughs> yeah, not one of the great parts, right? Well, it's like they they had her do like limited stuff. It's not like she was in in a lot of it, mm-hmm. but she played that familiar role. Yeah, from the eighties, like. We kind of saw a little bit about that when he he went to go see Iceman, mm. which that was a scene that was like this is totally out of the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if I could sum up Top Gun Maverick, it, it feels like an eighties film wrapped into modern times. Yeah, you know, very it's much. Very so. self conscious about itself, like you said. Uh, the enemy is not this, this fear-mongering entity that exists within our world, right? Yeah. A lot of the narrative is very is vastly different. The cinematography, even to some extent, the music. Like, the music is straight from the 80s, but it also swells in moments where it feels like the 80s without it being straight up that. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's everything like that. The, the 80s elements in this film, it, it, like, if you focus on them a lot, then it will detract for you, but they're mm-hmm. really just thrown in there for like, hey, look, we're still having fun. Yeah, type yeah. Of situation. When uh, essentially the scene is, it's Tom Cruise in the bar, and I want to say it's his plan to see the new recruits for the mission. Yeah. And uh, the the new recruits start shuffling in, right? Miles Teller's character uh, comes in at some point, and uh, it's he looks exactly like the first movie, his yeah, father. His father. Uh, yeah. There's even a flashback scene too when he starts singing "Great Balls of Fire." Yeah. And it's it's a very Sad. Well, he makes that connection, right? Because right. when he's when he's singing um, "Great Big Balls of Fire," the Jerry Lewis song, he is a flashback, and he sees his dad, him and them, you know, singing around the piano. And he's, then he starts, he gets like teary eyed and stuff like that. So yeah. he made that connection of identifying who the the son was. Yeah, and there's another point I like to bring up is uh, Jennifer Colony's character looks at you know Tom Cruise's character uh, Pete Mitchell and looks at Miles Taylor and looks back at Pete. So the thing is, is with with movies like this, the, the characters tend to be dumb. 
Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, what's the connection? All yeah. stuff. But this moment, and it, it, it literally it paints further interactions down the line. They're, they're smart. Yeah. And, uh, Je- Jennifer Colony's character, uh, Penny, knows or at least has a feeling that there's a connection between those two. All right, we, do, we don't have to have a, a detaching scene where they explain everything. It just It's through their performances yeah. that they, they're, they're able to push the narrative of the story forward. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> that scene. The other scene in the in the same in the bar is where um, I, I must have zoned out because apparently somehow uh, Tom Cruise's character is stuck with the tab, <laughs> the, the bar tab, right? And right. there's a shit ton of uh, of pilots and Navy seamen, I guess, yeah, in the bar drinking and having fun, and, and then he goes to pay and his card gets declined. And then they, I guess they have a rule. They're going to throw them overboard, which is literally just throw them outside. I thought they were actually on the ship. That would have been cool if they just tossed them into the, the ocean. Water. I mean, the, the bar is called the hard deck, too. Yeah. So, like, it's all military themed and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, and then the fucking, the next scene is where the, the selected few who are going to go this training, they're all just fucking, like, looking back at them. And the, they have this expression of, like, fuck, we fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, this film it is not shot for shot, but uh-huh. it's really similar to the first one. Because that yeah. exactly happens. And uh-huh. not, not in that order, but uh, there's a character, I forget her name, but she is a, uh, a civilian military contractor for Top Gun. Yeah. Right? Uh, but Tom Cruise's character the night before uh, tries to hit on her, like, hey, uh-huh. you know, we can do this in, you know, in like uh, the restroom or something. Yeah. And she's like, you just want to go at it like rabbits yeah. or something. <laughs> and then the next day, reveal who guess she is. Who, yeah, yeah. And she's the one. So a lot of the movie is, is, is fairly similar. Yeah. The beats, the, the, the beats. Yeah. Right. So that scene where they throw them out and like, Oh crap. It's, it's him. Something yeah. like that. Do you feel like it's, um, it's like a soft reboot to Top Gun to some extent? Because Hangman's character, which is uh, basically Maverick in the first one, and then Rooster, which is essentially uh, just a mirror goose. Yeah. Right? Someone who's very very funny and very fun to come with, but it's also very uh, straight and narrow. So does it feel somewhat like a soft reboot, especially? At that yeah, point? like you said, it's the passing of the torch, uh, mm-hmm. like like Creed is, you know, or uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's like mm. you have these legacy characters, and I mean, it makes sense that you would want to continue making these types of films, especially like with Tom Cruise being involved. Like, how many fucking times has he done a Mission Impossible? Why not? Right. Why not uh, have the same, or if not, like, something similar to what he's doing with Mission Impossible, except pass the torch on. Right. He's, I forgot how old Mission Impossible is. Yeah, it's, from the early 90s. Well, there was like the, the... early 80s, no? No, early 90s. Early 90s? Yeah. Because there's seven of them. 91 or something, yeah. But it was a TV show back in the 60s, I want to say. Oh, I see. It's yes. like uh, The Man from Uncle. Yeah, The Man from Uncle or right. Get Smart or something like that. Right, yeah. right. Oh, Get Smart, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and what's, what's wild is with those films is that there doesn't really seem to be a lull, you yeah. know? They're like, they're consistent. I don't want to say great either because they're, you know, it's a spy th- fucking action film. Right. But it's like consistent. Right. They're, they're one, it's all right, it's watchable, it's, it's fun, it's entertaining. Yeah, you it's, know? it's the characters you know. And yeah. the majority of the films, I feel like, 
all of the characters since the first one have come pretty much like yeah even simon pegg simon pegg came in i think he's in the first one he's in the very first yeah, one yeah, he's in the first one he's the uh, i don't remember yeah but uh his first team in, in mission impossible gets killed mm-hmm. and these are the new people and yeah. it's that guy i think with the fedora hat comes uh, in ben rames ben rames right and then simon pegg comes in to replace the techie yeah and then it's been fairly consistent really yeah to the point where new actors show up right because <laughs> what is it Hawkeye's character uh, I, I forget his real, his real Hawkeye. name Hawkeye uh, Jeremy Renner Jeremy Renner he shows up in a Mission Impossible film I think the fifth one or something. yeah Henry Cavill shows up yeah. in a Mission Impossible loaded them guns <laughs> yeah those are really good uh, speaking of guns those stunts though how about those the very the first interaction we have is uh, one of the exercise right the, yeah um, the who starts playing and it's like this, this yeah the he was testing them out to see how how good they are in their in the dog fighting skills mm-hmm. and, the, and that's something where that scene I saw in the theater. Right. They it, played it like it's it was what like three it, or four minutes. It was like a that. teaser, right? Yeah. It they played the it in front of a movie I saw, hmm. and like we were talking about before we started recording that maybe the experience for me wasn't as well as it could have been, mm. just because that scene I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah. But it's the exact same scene, and I was watching it in the in the. On my on my TV, which is like a forty, you know, forty four, forty five inch, it's not mm-hmm. that big. I was like, holy fuck, this is awesome, but for a completely other reason. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point, right? Yeah. It feels like TV has had one up so far in movies. Yeah. But for something like this, especially coming out of the pandemic, it feels like the experience is lessened in the small screen. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine watching it on your phone. Yeah, definitely. Well, like if you have like a good enough. Um, Earpod like uh, air like yeah like fucking headset right. earbuds or <laughs> that, something that's true. something where there's like spatial audio or something or some something. sort of muting but even yeah. then when I watched it uh, twice and yeah. both in the movie theater uh, you could feel the roar of the engines yeah. in your feet there's right? like those experiences like Dolby IMAX or 4K where it actually lends itself like these big type of films are, are aided with the experience of like what what's going on in in, in theater right like the rumbling the moving of the, the chair or something yeah, like that. all that good stuff and with the stunts uh they're one of tom cruise's best yeah yeah it's like we we talked about a little bit about this it's a miracle he hasn't you know been <laughs> horribly maimed or you know something worse Right. Because he motherfucker does his own goddamn stunts. Yeah, and he does all his stunts, and even he brings the co-stars with all yeah. his stunts. I don't know if we, I think we touched on it. Yeah. Uh, essentially, Tom Cruise made all his co-stars follow the same some kind of boot camp training. Mm-hmm. So all the scenes in the cockpit is are all them. the actors, all them. That's all yeah. the reactions, all the freaking out. It's so <laughs> it's so genuine that the, the stunts themselves feel like their own entity at some point. Yeah, I'm sure, like. There was uh, uh, things that they did that weren't necessarily a hundred percent as they were portrayed. Yeah. Because for you to experience fucking four Gs, you know, <laughs> let alone eight or nine, that's something completely. Yeah, I can't I, handle point one. Yeah. Like, when you're going in a parking lot, and you do a tight turn. I'm already dizzy. So I just imagine going up and ten. Like, I'll, I'll vomit, or you know, I don't know. Yeah. So. There's some, I'm sure they had like some some movie magic, but yeah. when they were in the training sequence where it was just them in like basically a valley, they were simulating uh, the rocky terrain and all that stuff. 
I'm sure they were they were still freaking the fuck out, but yeah. that felt more like something that they actually did, uh, other than the fucking big ass deal right. and shit like it, that. Is that or uh, there's a there's another pilot? Yeah. Right. So like the first the first cockpit is just like just fake kind of, or there's controls are rooted to the because some of them are two seaters. Yeah. So it'd be cool as to see that there. Uh, there's like a real, the real pilot in the back, and then they're just kind of like there for <laughs> the ride. Out, yeah. yeah. So and then it's one of the stunts that I, I thought was crazy was the cobra maneuver, where it goes where, up and then turns. Oh, the, the one where they're dancing with each other. Oh they're yeah. Spinning and they're like so it's essentially Rooster Miles Teller's character and Tom Cruise uh, Maverick have some and, beef and they have some beef because if you know Rooster is uh, Goose's son so, yeah. and if you know just in the lexicon of pop culture Goose gets killed yeah and uh, they have this beef and they're just spinning and you know arguing with each other and the thing is with Rooster is that he uh, he thinks before he thinks more than acting yeah so when they're in that nose dive it's a really cool scene because they they at first. Uh, Tom Cruise's character is in the bottom, like backwards, looking down on him. Yeah. And then they start doing the spin uh, corkscrew, but the the way they do it, the fluid motion, how they do it, it yeah. it's, it's crazy. Yeah, there was um. When I was in high school, like there was obviously when once you get to that age, you're or like towards the end of high school, you 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 come up with the uh, possibilities of what to do with your life, right? Mm. Joining the military for me, I don't want to say like it was ever gonna be one, uh-huh. but if I would have, I would have wanted to join the the air force. The air force, just because it seems like so much fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it it harkens back to when we were younger, all of us uh, just playing with toys. Yeah. So just being able to play with a jet and fly around <laughs> and you know come be on a ship. Yeah, and you're in charge of that, and you fix it up, and you do all these other things. is is very appealing. And yeah, traveling. it's very, very, and, and even it goes back to our fascination with um, his with World War Two history. Like mm-hmm. I know, like you and and our, the good homie Blake, have this fascination with tanks. Yeah, I have a fascination with the with the air assault, with the air stuff. Yeah, yeah the airplanes just, and also the tank fighting. Are so awesome. <laughs> I mean, they are. Yeah, but like yes, yes. Me, Yes, yes, yeah, I get it. The... <laughs> it. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it's, there is an appeal with like bombers. Yeah, and like just being up there and just seeing the, like the hor- Well, you don't get to like see the horrific <laughs> shit right. personally, but right. obviously after the after the fact and all that stuff, the, the yeah. horrible, terrific shit that was implemented on you know civilians. Yeah. Once it went from like focus bombing to complete carpet bombing everything, fuck yeah. it. Yeah. That's crazy. And there's still unfused, unfused, uh, undetonated munitions. Yeah. Especially during World War II. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's coming from <laughs> what we were talking about. <laughs> uh, our fascination with certain right. uh, instruments of war. <laughs> so after that scene, mm-hmm. we, uh, we are introduced to the very OG of Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, Val yeah, Kilmer and the Tom Cruise are on the, on the same. They meet at some they, point. Yeah, they. Um, Tom Cruise's character gets a text message that says we need to talk. Right. And it just that whole scene just made me feel bad for Val Kilmer. Yeah. Because he he had like the world at his feet, basically Batman. He was Batman. Yeah. And like shit might have not worked out for him to be continue being Batman, but like a really good looking guy, talented as fuck, you know, yeah. by all intents and purposes. He was a really like good guy as well, and then he just gets throat cancer. Yeah, and it fucking it fucks him up for good. Yeah, and it's uh, I gotta say it's it's his acting is pretty good. 
it's an 80s thing yeah it was like super 80s right and i love that they integrated it so essentially uh, val kimmer's character iceman it's it's along the same lines Mm -hmm. right he and in in the film it's come back and we don't know how much time he has no so uh literally the next scene literally (laughs) so he he has a lot of opportunities to uh, you know facial expressions and all that and stuff but what's cool is that he was able to talk at the end but well from what i understand that was actually uh an ai really yeah Right, because, like, does he actually talk or no? I don't no, think he right? does. I don't yeah, think, or at least he tries not to. Yeah, I've heard, like, different reports that um, because of his throat cancer or, like, some surgery he had because of his throat cancer fucked up his vocal cords. Yeah. And, like, he talks, but it sounds, like, really, like, distorted and horrific. I don't know, horrific, but yeah. not to what were, were he used to be. Yeah, yeah, So, absolutely. it's interesting. I thought, like, that would have been his real voice, but I guess not. Yeah, I mean... Like you said, it, it's very difficult, and yeah. I like that they integrated that within the narrative. It is horrific because it's like he's reliving his like his worst nightmare. Essentially, <laughs> like you know, your cancer's back, Bill. Back. Yeah. It would, it would, okay, so one question that came to mind was like, in that whole scene, you know, he's typing the responses. Uh-huh. Like, wouldn't you want like some Stephen Hawking shit <laughs> where he actually speaks, so you don't have to fucking have the person you're talking to read? All right, the whole time? Let, let's just put let's put it out there. Yeah, that Stephen Hawking thing was funny. <laughs> it was great. Let's just yeah. we're all thinking it. It's it's like you know, hey, he has like, and it's very robotic and very very yeah, uh, it's cartoony. It's cartoony. Right? Yeah. Just to say that. So, yeah, I get where you're coming from, but just imagine, <laughs> you know, hey, it's time to let go. But, like, <laughs> just, so, Val Kilmer's character, is, I mean, uh, Maverick is hooked up on the past, and that's what Val Kilmer's character is to uh, help him kind of uh, move forward. Move forward yeah. right? Like, the, the big um, conflict between uh, Tom Cruise's character and Miles Teller's character is, like, we I get the feeling that it was looked under both two ways, right? Mm. Uh, Miles Teller's coming at it because he pulled his card when he was um, in basic training or something. Something like that, right? Yeah. He put his career back for four years, which yeah. is huge. It's huge, yeah. And so he's got a grudge uh, on that. And Tom Cruise is like, "You're lit- like I'm literally responsible, or I couldn't help, you know, save your dad. So I, I have this huge uh, guilt that's been, you know, fucking me up forever. So I don't want." Yeah. And and then they have this big like. A fight, I guess you could yeah, say. We'll call it, yeah. yeah, and fight. then they work it out. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, the, the one thing is, uh, Joe brings up a good point, is that it's very 80s in terms of conflict. Yeah. Right? A lot of things, the con- if, you're, if you're used to contemporary films that break down the relationship and stuff like you're not going to get it from no. this one. Because, like Joe said, a lot of it is kind of fixed after a discussion yeah right like oh I, a simple hangout hit sesh and right <laughs> I, I love that you brought that up is uh, the beach scene after yeah. Val Kimmer's amazing performance and Tom Cruise is arguably one of his, his good performances he's yeah. actually able to act yeah right it's it's very um, especially coming from our experience of losing someone to be able to uh, have a, a one last conversation before yeah right it, it's very um, uh, relatable yeah. So the next scene is uh, it's Tom Cruise's idea is to have the beach scene 
And yeah. it's a very fun, very, you know, extracurricular scene. Yeah, but, but you were just... I was just thinking about the fucking volley, volleyball the scene. volleyball scene <laughs> the first one. It feels like this is what I expected with Top Gun, though. The first one? No, yeah, from the first one. Because yeah. in the first one, I when I didn't watch it, uh, it was always that there was a volleyball scene. Yeah. And I always thought it was at a beach. Yeah. Right, you know, beach and everyone's having fun. But when I actually watched the film, it's literally a sand plot in the back of the base. <laughs> <laughs> so to have this scene supplanted in and, you know, it's much more dynamic. It's much more open. It's much more uh, gives opportunity for those actors to really let loose. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is the Top Gun I remember. <laughs> you imagine... Fucking sitting around the pitch meeting for Top Gun, and then they're like the volleyball scene, and then describe, yeah, we could just go down to Malibu, set up, and then some fucking executive like, fuck that, we'll build it, we'll build us a, a we'll build us a beach. We have all a shit ton of money. Yeah, it's, it's they, they, it makes not not the cocaine one, uh, but <laughs> when they pushed it back, they they have a lot of trust. Yeah, with that property. Yeah, right. Marvel had didn't have a Black Widow. It's pushed back so much to the point where yeah, okay, we'll release it, and you can yeah. tell it's a sorry mess of what it was released in. Yeah, but for this, it feels like. Like, maybe could it be attributed to Tom Cruise's tenacity? Well, I mean, you have like so some of the like the biggest Hollywood heavyweights of. The modern era, you know, Jerry Brokheimer produced this film and you name a fucking film that hasn't been produced by Jerry Brokheimer, <laughs> you know. Um, and then obviously Tom Cruise becoming, you know, Tom Cruise of today. Like, you see that, especially at the beginning of the pandemic when things were barely starting to open up and you see that video of him, you know, fucking yelling his brains out at two people who broke uh, protocol. Mm. And you're like, well, he's an asshole, but no, you have to think about him much more than that. It's like right. he's, like everything's dependent on everything going right, and this is basically like a trial. If that that film didn't go off uh, without a hitch, then maybe production would have been set back, you know, at least another six months or maybe even a year. So right. he understood what the fuck that actually meant. Yeah, it's granted we're not giving like someone to treat other people like that yeah but given the industry and yeah. given how how quickly things shift yeah like back then there if something didn't go right the first time yeah. if something went wrong then people it is within the realm of possibility people would pull their funding yeah right producers would back up because oh they they don't feel that it's gonna it's a it's an investment yeah once you're talking about you know investing investing millions upon millions of dollars into a property the situation changes yeah. you know like it's not like your everyday hey my co-worker's being a dick so i gotta you know talk to somebody about it it's that multiplied by millions of dollars right yeah so that's why i'm incredibly impressed yeah that not only were they able to hold off on this movie yeah. for good reason mm -hmm. but also that it doesn't feel for the most part uh, a mess yeah right granted there are scenes where it's a it, it's it's lessened for reason mm -hmm. not as a result yeah it, it it it's the fluidity of the film is like you said remarkable considering everything that this film has gone through like like you said black widow is the obvious um black horse of this conversation just because like it was postponed for a year 
and it wasn't really all that great to do to to begin with and they decided just to release the steaming hot pile of shit that it was but here tom cruise post was postponed but decided to like hey maybe we could better this right and he, he took full advantage of of everything at his disposable to disposal to do so yeah exactly which uh speak of which uh the first very, I guess, uh, very not cinematic scene, but very tense scene. Uh-huh. We, we spoke briefly about this, but uh, it's the scene where they're like they're blacking out, and there's, yeah. there's, there's some sort of bird shot, which essentially means there's a bird that runs into the engine. Yeah, but, uh, the we, flock of birds. Right. You know, it's completely. I don't. Can you tell on radar that you got a flock of birds uh, coming at you? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is a uh, towards the middle of the film. Yeah, and it, it's starting to ratchet up, right? Mm-hmm. I think production of the the plant that they're supposed to bomb uh, goes up a day, up yeah. a week. So they have less training, less time, and everything's on the down, yeah. and all that stuff. And it's it's uh, that scene. I like that it's very subversive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How so? In terms of. We're used to it being kind of just textbook. Oh, he's gonna pass out. He passed out. Oh, he survived. Yeah. But out of nowhere, there's another, another element, another, element. another layer of tension that comes <laughs> up. I remember being in the theater, and it's like and the scene essentially there. It's it's a two part process to get into the bombing run. Right. You go through a canyon, and then you have to go up this steep hill. Yeah. Uh, which low, is, flying low enough so you don't um you aren't detected by Sam. Right. And so they fly low enough to not be Enemy anti-aircraft. Right. Yeah. And then uh, they're getting the 10 Gs, which they'll, it's essentially 2,000, what do they say, 2,000 pounds of weight yeah, rest some, on your chest. some crazy amount. Some crazy like amount. having can... an elephant sit on your chest. Yeah, I was like, that makes sense. Like, <laughs> it makes sense to me. And one of the pilots passes out, right? And then it's a very tense scene, and then it, it adds another layer when it turns out, oh, another something happens else. Yeah. So you feel like the tension feels... It's consistent towards it, or is it something that's um, too much? The, for me, <laughs> it could have been on my um, inebriated state of mind, <laughs> if you could put it to put it that way, where it did feel like a little bit too much. Yeah. Where it was like so intense. It's like holy shit, or because it's like like you said, it's they're practicing the run. The, the stakes are getting higher and higher as the time progresses, and they haven't really accomplished it. Like they haven't really even completed it. Right. You know, they have a time frame of the yeah. mission run and they're they for practice they extended that time and they can't even get it done. Yeah. Uh, so to have those elements at the beginning, you know, oh shit, oh shit, and then they're climbing and they're like, Fuck, we're gonna we're gonna black out and you you go through this with with four, right? Because there's two pilots in each run. Right, right. One is ahead of the other. Um and you're like, fuck, okay, they didn't black out. All right, they didn't black out. All right, they didn't black out. Oh, shit, he blacked out. Oh, fuck, yeah. fuck, he has, to, he has to wake up and stuff like that. And then that ends, you think, oh, shit, okay, everything's done. <laughs> and then literally like a minute later, 30 seconds later, they run into a bunch of fucking birds. Right. <laughs> and one of them goes down. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, uh, it's very, the, the sound design is film where it takes advantage of that. Yeah. There's not really uh, an overbranching 80s music theme, you know, like dread. Like, oh no, it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, it's just them screaming into the headset of what's happening. Like, engine two's down. Yeah. All right, trying to put it out. And then Tom Cruise sees that the engine is still on fire and don't go. And she goes. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's very uh, organic tension. Yeah. Right. The, the first, it's very disarming because the first one, it's obvious. 
that okay they even do that scene where it looks like it's gonna crash yeah and it doesn't like he oh, pulls it off, off yeah like, last oh, minute yeah. <laughs> and then I know where the birds take yeah. out one of the jets yeah but then also says like is that something where suddenly 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 mm. introducing another aspect of, of danger or it could just be something completely fucking random like a bird flying right. <laughs> boom you're dead yeah it's uh, it is it is jarring yeah i think you're saying is it's it's a jarring term of events yeah like it's oh it's fine and then i know oh god it's still going yeah and that happens down the line we'll talk more about that yeah it but happens it, when they actually do the thing yeah like it's that. one of my favorite scenes <laughs> in the whole film but uh after that uh, tom cruise essentially is grounded i guess i think right oh no um Val Kilmer's character. Val Kilmer's character dies. Dies. And the very next couple of the, scenes yeah, after. The, and then um, I guess his, it was insinuated that he, Tom Cruise, um, Iceman, Val Kilmer's character, still had some pull in the high, the command, right? Right. Because yeah. he's his guardian angel. His guard, exactly. So he said that um, John Han's character is reprimanding because they lost Tom Cruise because they lost the what twenty million dollar piece of equipment. <laughs> And <laughs> no big deal, whatever. And um, so he's giving them like the, the all the shit, and then that's where he says that um, he, he, I'm I'm trying to train them to come home, and he put that whole speech that I had. I was like, oh wow, that's a, a really interesting perspective to, yeah. to put it. And then he says that whatever um, exercise you put the recruits through. It has to be approved by me first, right? And then right. he lays down the plan. Yeah, that, yeah, that was the scene where the, he's grilling them. Yeah, yeah, and I love, I love the humor <laughs> that. Well, yeah, he's a, he's a. It, it's in towards the the beginning of the film, but yeah, he's grilling him. Yeah, and then and then he says like it has to be approved by me. Yeah. and then he re, he has the, the, ex, the, the mission the, dossier, the mission already, dossier yeah. approval already. <laughs> There's a, lot, there's a lot of organic humor yeah. that comes in, and it's it feels surprising coming from the first Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it feels like it's situational. It's not like oh here's the setup and here's the joke. Ha yeah. ha ha. It's more like like I this is Maverick. And you expect it when you're gonna. Do. Yeah, it, it does a really good job highlighting the the humor in everyday situations. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be like completely wacky and you know over the top, but if you focus on you know the minimal shit you're gonna be able to find humor in it yeah which is this job does this movie does perfectly yeah yeah and it's just like you said you'd be my wingman anytime seems <laughs> like it's a serious phrase yeah but it's, it's just so funny you yeah know? and in this film it does have those 80s moments yeah right like there's lines where you you can feel it like i think it's the beginning of it where uh like you're just postponing the past or the future or yeah. something. One of the generals tells Tom Cruise, and he's like, "Well, sir, not today." Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, am I in the eighties now? Or like that. Yeah. But uh, or when um, he does the run, right? Mm-hmm. Or he, he finally, it's a, it's like, it comes to the point where the high command decides that the the job is uh, hasn't been. They're going for Plan B. Right. Because the plan A is too dangerous and the, the, none of the recruits have been able to do it and stuff like that. And uh, at the same time this is happening, you, you see the little dot on the on the GPS map that's in front of them. Right. And then it, it boom, cuts over to uh, Tom Cruise and he's like, oh yeah, I'm just taking it for a run. I'm and taking it for a run. Like, oh, I'm going in anyway. Yeah, and then they tell them, like, this isn't approved or on the pre-approved flight plan or whatever. It's like, well, I'm doing it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it, 
it, it's very 80s. It's it's much more 80s than I thought it was gonna yeah. be. Yeah. Right. A lot of the a lot of the narrative is just let me show you how it's done, and mm-hmm. then he does, and he inspires essentially. I guess he uh, he I suppose he does. He inspires the group because the group didn't believe it was possible because they yeah. hadn't done it yet and until he was able to do it. Yeah, and even John Hamm's character, <laughs> John Hamm's character is it's not very. It's just more of an obstacle than a direct antagonist. Yeah, and uh, he's uh, he's like. Essentially talking to himself, like, should I ruin my career and not let you go? Yeah. Or, you know, risk it and let you well, go? He starts off with saying, right. it's like, you put me in, a, in the <laughs> instrument predicament. It's like, um, first of all, you've proven that this mission can be done. But on the other hand, you've done it by by using a stolen 20 right. million military hardware. Right, <laughs> like, it's probably not going to be airworthy because of the airframe yeah. bent. <laughs> and, and, and this is the funniest scene where he's like, and Tonku's like, um, or make you, because he's going to essentially make him the leader of the group. Yeah. And they say, like, make you leader. And Tonku's is about to say something. And then uh, the one of the, I guess, the subordinates, like, I think it's a, re- I think the general means rhetorical question. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just, shut up. I know. It's, uh, oh my gosh. It's, it's like, we have films that come from the 80s and 90s, right? Mm-hmm. And they're, some of them are successful, uh, and that's very low. And then a majority of them are not. Yeah. Right. Robocop from back then, and Robocop, or of it, there are of its time. Of its time, it's yeah. perfect. Of its time, and a lot of the narrative, creative choices are of its time. Yeah. But for Top Gun, it, it just feels like a lot of the humor is straight from the '80s, but it's wrapped into something that you know other people will understand. Yeah, I mean, it's I guess I like keep it, applauding the humor. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's stuff that it's um. You know, generational. Like you look at some some of the um, like com- like comedy specials of the greats from back then. You know, Richard Pryor or George Carlin, stuff like that. And a lot of what they say still resonates today, right? Because like the the situations where they came up with that comedy transcends generations, right? So I'm assuming because like it is very 80s in the sense of where they highlight the comedy and stuff like that. So that still transcends generations. Maybe yeah. comedy has evolved. But it probably has gotten to the point where even looking back at like the good old days, it still makes you laugh. Yeah, and the thing is with Top Gun, yeah, the previous one didn't. You know I mean? there, well, it, now you look at it now, right. it's like a cliche. Right. Exactly. The so whole big movie, the whole movie's a one big long cliche. Right. Oh, Maverick. The or, first one. The first one. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, j- just for them to be aware it's very there's a lot of self-awareness in terms of the film right mm-hmm. it could be easy that you know after uh, the, the, <laughs> the producer's like no we're gonna have it like this we're gonna have all this music here we're gonna have all these fight scenes here you know something that will that contemporary audience is used to yeah or especially when it comes to war films but this film the fighting is towards the end yeah and the, the majority of it, a good chunk of it, is just training, getting to know each other, laughs here, laughs there. Yeah. And, and it's crazy because, yeah, the first one was just something it can <laughs> easily be by itself or you can even exclude it. Yeah, it's, this, this movie does work uh, well enough as like a standalone. You yeah. know, like when they first announced that they were going to make uh, Top Gun 2, like they had announced... I want to say like early 2010s, no, like 2013, mm-hmm. 14, something. There, right. there was like rumblings that it was going to happen. 
And like most of you know, right thinking Americans laughed it off as a joke because <laughs> who's gonna make a, a fucking movie, a Top Gun sequel, you know, twenty plus <laughs> years later? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and then when they finally they, like announced that it was happening, you're like, what, really? What? <laughs> and then, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's interesting to see like the survivability. That this movie has. Right. That it, it brought to the franchise, because I guess that now at this point it's a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Unless they make a third one, yeah. which, which it feels like they are leaning a little bit towards. I would say, why not? Yeah. You know, it's it's like, I feel like the way to keep the theatrical experience alive is to make more films that cater to that theatrical experience. Yeah. Like, even though we've sat here before, talk about how basically the indie movie if you're an indie filmmaker, there's little to no opportunity for you to make it to the big screen. Right. You know, like that's streaming, but uh, the, the streaming has also like hurt the film industry, yeah. the the theater industry, the yeah, theater, the cinema, cinema. the movies. cinema, the, <laughs> the movies. It's hurt that because like people are choosing to watch films that are available to stream, if not the same day, like a couple of weeks after. Yeah. So they don't why, why why spend fifty bucks in the movie theater stuff like that for a movie we could just watch at home. Yeah. So make movies that you know utilize the the theatrical experience to help it. Yeah, exactly. And it feels like this film would you do so well to see it on yeah. the big screen. And then one of the scenes that leans credence to the big to the big screen experience is Coffin Corner. Yeah, it's the scene where uh, essentially everything that we were built up to throughout the movie, you know, the the run, the trench run, yeah. essentially, and then the the climb up, it, they're very successful mm -hmm. and they're able to pull it off. But after that, they're at the mercy of the SAM sites, the yeah. air missiles, and I gotta say, it's one of the most, at least this year, in terms of war movies and stuff. Like yeah. it's, it's one of the most gripping scenes that I've ever seen. I mean, has there been another war movie this year? This year, I don't think so. No, right. I don't think so. so oh, I, okay, <laughs> let's increase. It's ever in yeah, my, in my yeah, career okay. of watching films, right? In, in war films, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's it's so like manic. The the sound design. There's no sound at all. It's just them screaming at each other. Essentially, they're dodging missiles. Yeah. Left and right. And uh, like Tom Cruise's character he, and uh, his wing, no, it's not his wingman, the other person who followed him in, they're doing fairly well. And then yeah. the other jets come in and more SAM sites start firing. And it's like, yeah. it's a three minute scene. And they're like, yeah, smoke in the air, dagger one defending. And they're popping it off. And then the scene uh, uh, pulls back to a wide shot and it shows all like, these rockets firing yeah. towards them and all of them scurrying around trying to dodge it left and right. Yeah, like, the, the setup to that scene was that, uh, like, once they get the trench run and then they climb these ridiculously, uh, yeah, the steep the hill, steep because the, the last one is even steeper, yeah. um, they have, like, a, not even, like, what, 20 seconds or something to hit a target the size of a, a basically a cooler <laughs> right. to, to, <laughs> to, you know, blow up the, the was it advanced? Airship? I think it was like a, like? a like a refinery for plutonium. Yeah, something something evil. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they they were gonna do it broken up into two groups. Uh, group one being Maverick and his spotter, essentially who right. it was because he was guiding with the, with the, the laser. Right. And then it was gonna be Rooster and his spotter. Right. And uh, the final once you achieve hopefully achieve mission, you climb up even even steeper side of the mountain. 
exposing you to uh, surface-to-air missiles. That's, right. That was going to be the the without a doubt that was going to happen. Yeah. So once you know all four are out there, they're fucking flying around. It's assumably like what twenty plus uh, surface to air missiles. Yeah, like four of them on each one. Yeah, they're yeah. dodging and they're yeah. you know trying to just they're fighting for their lives at that point. Yeah, just yeah, and trying to make it out alive. And we see this essentially what they're doing is dogfighting missiles because yeah. they're trying to dodge them, trying to explode, get them out of the way. And uh, Rooster is out of flares, so uh, Maverick essentially sacrifices himself to be able to keep him alive. Keep him alive. <laughs> it's the most Maverick uh, way possible. I think he does yeah. like. Uh, he, he comes up straight yeah. up in between the missile and um, Rooster's plane and and launches the um, the the flares to detonate the missile, but then one hits uh, Maverick. Yeah, he, he goes down. One, and then another one, he goes down. And it's a very emotional scene because I think the one of the characters that he was with him, uh, Tom uh-huh. Cruise's character, Hondo, he's yeah. like crying. Yeah. And then, you know, everyone's kind of shocked. Yeah. yeah, he's like, everyone's like, whoa. And even me, to some extent, because it's, uh, I watched the first one and it essentially, like, they killed Rocky. Yeah. Right, like, they essentially they killed Rocky in my, I was like, what? <laughs> They're going to take him out. Uh, and then uh, I think it's got kind of weird in my opinion. Yeah, it gets like a, the more of the humor. Yeah, like uh, um, it, it feels very weird. odd. It, feels it kind odd. of turns into like a '90s James Bond film. <laughs> it does. It kind of turns to Goldeneye. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> essentially, uh, after he's shot down, uh, a Rooster's character, Miles Teller's character, comes back. Yeah. To and, save him. and to save him because there's an enemy hind, and if you don't know what a hind is, it's a, it's a Russian gunship. So that's yeah. what they're fighting. And so it's a it's a Russian gunship. Well, I mean, it's, well, it could be bought. Could sure. Be bought, you know, they could have like, had a mutual interest yeah, here and there. Russia. You know. <laughs> Russia, sure. Okay. Oh, fifth gener. Who's gonna afford fifth generation fighters? And I think they're like SU something, another yeah. Russian thing. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's a Russian gunship, and you're right, it is something that other entities can buy. Other nations. Yeah, other yeah. nations can buy. And uh, it's about to like mow down Tom Cruise's character. And essentially, he saves him, and he gets shot down as he well. He gets shot down as well. And so, then yeah. they have to steal a jet, essentially. Well, yeah, but there's a, the scene where Tom Cruise sees uh, Miles Teller go down and run towards him to make yeah. sure he's alive. And then they basically get him to a little tussle. And he's like, what are you doing here? You should have been out there. <laughs> and then he's like, you told me not to think. Right. And then that kind of shuts him up. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's just like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very comedic scene scene but i also feel it needs to be comedic because it is it is kind of a, a little bit jarring yeah shot down the, behind enemy lines behind enemy lines and then essentially yeah yeah basically being left behind right because yeah. there are the, the the pilots who just made this insane run were debating on whether or not to go back to him right but high command was telling them that hey let it go yeah. You know, he's dead. We've lost something. enough We've of lost you. It. Yeah, we right. want another one. And that's where you we cut to Tom Cruise and then him getting up and running around being chased. And then all of a sudden, once you think it's like, oh, it's done for, boom, he comes in. And we don't actually see Rooster turn around, yeah. but we see him turn, we yeah. see him turn around. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it cuts to black with Rooster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and essentially, they... It's, it's again it's another 80s move and I think even the commanders of, of John Hamm's character and Cyclone's other characters mm-hmm. uh, like these call sign are surprised by it yeah because they essentially they go to the bombed out airfield um, and they steal one of the super Tomcats yeah which is one of the F-14s from the 80s right from the 80s <laughs> the F-14s and uh, when they're in the air 
Uh, I think Miles Teller's character is able to do like an IFF thing to know that he's in the air. And yeah. Like, How is he in the air? Yeah. There's this big. Oh my God! They're they're back. Like he's alive. Like, yeah. Wait, how? <laughs> stuff like that. And then it it comes cuts to a cyclone, the little sly smile and stuff. Like yes. That. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how about the, it's it's. The scene's winding now. Now they yeah. just need to get back. They need to get the out twist. Of it, yeah. So what do you think of the firefight with the... It's essentially fourth versus fifth generation. No, it was because it was like third generation it versus fourth. fifth, right? Fourth? Yeah. Because yeah. what they had was fourth generation. But yeah. we're talking about something from the 80s. It's... It, I looked it up. Still fourth? It's still fourth. Yeah, yeah. it's still... So it's fairly... A, so F15... I think they're doing F18s. Yeah. I, I guess it's within the family of it. But that's like... F-22s is next generation from that. Yeah. Yeah. Those are not stealth bombers and stealth technology. Yeah, okay. They didn't have stealth. Because the fifth yeah. generations have stealth and the third, the fourth don't, I guess. I guess that's how it works. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just felt like the fourth, between fourth and fifth would be, you know, like a, an upgrade in proportion. Mm, targeting. Well, there targeting, was some degree. Like that, yeah. like the targeting's all fancy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I think it's all within their helmet too and they look a little... Uh, it's like within even the flares, I guess, are a little the missiles as well were yeah. like inside the inside the aircraft. Okay, yeah. So that whole scene once they they get off ground, which is, I guess, be, would they use the the element of the chaos? Yeah. To like I blend in on the airfield, essentially. And then, yeah. yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, let me take, let me kick it old school," and then he does <laughs> his, his old school tricks and stuff like that to get him out of there and. They're confronted by two, um, I guess, Russian fifth generation uh, yeah, fighter pilots. I, I have fighter no jets. idea. What, I don't know. I think they're like SUs or something. Or Some. Something like that. They're not MiGs. Something. <laughs> so that. they can't outrun it. Yeah. And, they, and the only option they have is to dogfight it. Yeah. So he uses his cunningness to be able to, you know, outmaneuver and defeat both of these uh, fighters. Yeah, and it, it comes down, I feel like, exactly what they're saying. It's in the plane. It's in the pilot, not the plane. Yeah. So essentially, Tom Cruise's character has all of the experience. Mm -hmm. And you could make a make a argument that at least one of the fighter planes in the fifth generation aircraft was fairly new. Yeah. Because it gets taken down like... Easily. Oh, easy. yeah. It gets taken down easy, and then uh, the other ones are... The, the one behind is crazy. Yeah. Because he does other maneuvers that even Tom Cruise is like, what the... And they drop well, the first F-bomb. Well that's, well, that's what I'm saying. is like Because like we saw it legit like just stop. The propulsion... Propulsion? Propulsion? Yeah, propulsion. Propulsion. Yeah. It yeah. Itself. yeah. Then it's different. Mm -hmm. So like like I've heard of like... Uh, that could hover, that could not just yeah, like... Yeah, it's the F-34. Yeah. The F-35, the Harriers. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Stuff like where they, it does like crazy, you know, gravity-defying feats. So, yeah. so I feel like... That's just an, another element of the, being a fifth generation where you could like stop mid-flight yeah. and stuff right. like that. And obviously them not being privy to it confused the fuck out of them. Yeah, <laughs> and they're supposed to be the best of the best. Yeah. I even thought Miles Teller was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, a very, it's a very cool scene because it, it's just, you know, like you said, it's the fifth and fourth. and But the difference between even how they look, mm -hmm. even how they handle is very different. Like a lot of the fourth generation is very analog, and even Miles Teller's character is like, "Wow, this is really old." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it's a it was a good uh, battle between the the contrast of the then and future. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, again another maybe symbolism of passing of the torch and stuff <laughs> like that. But it, it was <laughs> it was it was another of these elements where it's like, oh my god, can they get? 
um, like how much more tense can it get? And like, well, let's get it even tenser. And then they finish that, and you think they're home free, but nope, let's add another. There's another. another. <laughs> yeah, it's the the it, at this point it should be a little conclusion, right? Yeah. But it does feel like there's a lot of tact on uh, tense moments. Like that part was like, oh, it's not over. Yeah. Uh, kind of deal, and it it allows, I guess, Hangman, who's uh, who's essentially the auxiliary. Yeah, to to save him. And okay, stuff like you that. could tell on his, on his face he got a little butt hurt because uh, when they were choosing who's gonna ride with him, he chose Rooster over Hangman. Yeah, yeah. So he comes in, he's able to save the day and all that stuff. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. But like you said, it does feel it, it's it's manufactured tension. Like it's not over over because at least the first one with the bird shot. Yeah. It felt organic. Yeah. Right. But this one, it's like, oh, he took that down. Oh, there's another fighter. We have no flares, no more guns. What are yeah, we gonna it's do? The bleakest of bleak situations. Yeah. yeah exactly. And then, of course. They succeed, and Hangman's able to save them. Hurrah. Save him, shoot him down. Yeah. And then, like, he gets his ego in check. Yeah. He comes in, he's like, oh, I saved you guys. And then... Like, <laughs> and then she, the, she, he was like, oh, I took one down. And then the the girl... The Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix. She's all like, well, Hangman had... No, um, Maverick, Maverick has, has five. five. That makes him an ace. That made him an pilot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's... Uh, it's it's 80s hardcore yeah. to it. it's it's even that scene feels like something out of the 80s right yeah. the bad guy's still alive yeah. right you know because <laughs> like what comes to mind is lethal weapon like the bad guy gets shot oh he's still alive and he's about to shoot like there's more layers to it and it yeah. does feel like it's inspired by that mm-hmm. right and then uh at that end it's everything goes well tom cruise gets the girl he gets rooster's nicer to tom cruise's character yeah everything kind of gets wrapped up in a nice yeah they all learn a lesson about life and love and it's it's, yeah forgive forget forgive and stuff like that yeah and so uh, what are your general impressions about this at least your final impressions um well it's entertaining Mm -hmm. you know like um as i was watching it i was trying to think back to to when it, it first uh was released in theaters and like the the general reaction it had to it but i was like Am I missing something? Because, like, one of the big articles that I read was that it was, like, oh, Tom Cruise, uh, Top Gun Maverick is a, like, a love letter to the American military. And I didn't really get that sense. No, not really. Yeah, it, it's feels like it was more of a movie, like a classic 80s, inter- just solely for the, 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 the fact of entertaining people. I can see, though, in terms of love letter, it does picture them in a brighter light than usual yeah right like they care about their soldiers and to some extent they do but there are circumstances where uh what maverick said everyone comes home is impossible yeah right it's it's something that even as much hard work as you can there's someone's not going to come home and but it does feel like oh the the commanders care for them you know all that stuff yeah it it definitely does paint it into a more favorable light yeah um i don't aside from the um the first Top Gun, like, is there many, like, air war films and stuff like it, that? Like, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're all, really. Yeah, they're all pretty much focused on, like, infiltrate or, or being put on the ground and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. one of the reasons we liked uh, Greyhound a lot, the Tom, the Tom Hanks one, was yeah. that it showed us an element of, you know, the Battle of the Atlantic, something we don't necessarily have that much of. Representation on film. Yeah, and just Tom Hanks's love for that to yeah. make it so as immersive and as accurate as possible. Yeah, I do feel like Tom Cruise 
uh, has that element as well with yeah. this. Not only is he tied within, because that's one of the first films that he's done in his, in his very long career, but also that he's that kind of person who would love to push the limit of film, but also allow it to pay off narratively. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt, he just the, the, the look of the, the, the grandeur of his stunts that he does and the way he gets them achieved. It's not like they have some... Uh, I mean, they do have some, you know, ma movie magic, but the yeah. majority of it is him. Yeah. And that's something to be, uh, you know, uh, commended for. You know, whatever situation he's got in his private life or whatever organization he yeah, may or may not belong to, you know, that's completely separate to him as uh, how he comes off, off in films. Exactly. Yeah. He comes off as like a complete and total insane person, but <laughs> in like a good way. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> And, and it's uh, just speaking for film and TV, it's, it's a lost art. Yeah. Right? Most people would uh, want to do CGI, would want to take the easy way out because not only is it more uh, uh, financially stable, yeah. but also it's a sure thing. Right? Yeah. It's something that if you have CGI, it's only what you get pushback times. You can easily do what you want in CGI, but for have stunts. There are so many elements that can go wrong. The weather, the air, something happens with one equipment, of the equipment. Exactly. And it, it's it's impressive, if anything, from this podcast, from this episode, you get, it's impressive that there's an equal amount of trust from the studio to push it back for two years. Yeah. But also Tom Cruise's passionate uh, training to be able to push his co-stars to the limit. And I'm sure if I was like one of the low build people and like, oh yeah, we're gonna be in a jet fight. I was like, what? I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not I'm like a background character. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> background character. Like I'm just so uh it's it's an enjoyable film. Yeah. What would you give it? Uh like a seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty up there. Seven, eight. Seven. It's eight, like yeah. mainly because of, uh, like it's not like this groundbreaking fucking Oscar worthy film mm. but it is you know what a film is supposed to be entertaining yeah it's, it's to some extent compelling yeah because uh, because it it, re it comes back to our 80s don't think about it just accept that this is happening <laughs> exactly and uh, it does well with I would say all of films that came from the 80s I mean like we have Terminator and mm -hmm. we don't know where that's going Robocop we don't know where that's going yeah I mean, Predator Predator right no, that's, a, that's a good point but Predator has nothing to do with the no, yeah. you're, no you're absolutely right Predator Prey yeah Prey Prey, Prey like it, it seems like there are films that are actually no, like they know where to go now Prey uh, Top Gun Top um, Gun I, I'm missing Ghostbusters one. Ghostbusters Afterlife exactly yeah. so it's from other from a long line of bad 80s films it seems like now they're they're getting their foot. Review of a top of a review discussion of a Top Gun Maverick. I've been your host Ernesto, and I'm here with my co-host as always. Joel. Joel. What's the question mark? Well, it's like you kind of kind of left it open. It's what? Like, what am I supposed to say? Bye. Oh, say my name. Yeah. Say hello. Yeah, say say name, goodbye. Joel? Question mark. Yeah, I, I am Joel. <laughs> and we'll see you next next week. Next week. Yeah. Next next. Cause wait, are we doing another one? Mm, oh, for um, hot takes. Hot takes. Yes, yeah, we'll in see two weeks. Next, next week. Next, we'll next week. Two weeks for hot takes. Next Adam, week for Black Pop Adam. Great, and for Black Adam, we're gonna be. The Black Adam is gonna be the next one. Yeah, and Pop Salsa next week. Yes. That's All right. Say. <laughs> Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Take care.